Don't you see? Don't you see? We just uncovered a $2 million error. We're going to be heroes. We're going up the corporate ladder. It appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company. Somebody tried to smoke it past the wrong guy. Very, very good work. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? Love to! For Larry and Richard. How are you? This is a place to die for. You have to kill them, Vito. I'm a little rusty, but it'll come back to me. What, should we, should we just walk in? But what they don't realize... No, we'll stand out here all weekend. Come on, we're out here. ...is while they're checking in... Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Bernie Lomax will be checking out. Oh, my God! What kind of a host invites you to his house for the weekend and dies on you? I don't know. Lomax told whoever he's talking to not to kill us if he's around, right? Yeah, yeah, but Lomax is dead. He's not around anybody yeah. anymore. <laughs> I know that. You know that. Nobody else knows that. Huh? Oh! Where's Bernie? It looks good enough. Let's go. Uh-oh. Larry, what? Huh? Oh. <laughs> really? Hi, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, just like last week, huh? Oh, Bernie, you animal. You are insatiable. Doesn't anyone realize he's dead? Whoa, the boat! Got it? On the boat! I'm telling you, Lomax is alive. Maybe Paulie is rustier than we thought. Ooh, Bernie, you're starting to peel. Gonna get you out of sun, huh? Is that the killer? How do I know, Richard? Should I stop and ask him? No, just drive. Serpentine. Do you hear something? What is that? It's just Bernie. Weekend at Bernie's. Are we doing it again today? Oh, absolutely. You know we are. Great. We'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. <laughs> God, is this great or what? Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Dom. And I'm Simon. And tonight's movie for debate is... Weekend at Bernie's. So welcome to the Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night. It's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in. As tonight's movie for debate is... Weekend at Bernie's. So, welcome to the podcast, everybody, and welcome, Simon. How the devil are you, sir? Very good, very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But Simon, we're in Podland. We do this every Wednesday. We're not alone, my friend. We're not alone. We are joined by someone who has been crowned recently. Someone we call King of the Discord. They hold the power, they make their memes, they make their gifts, they make their videos, and they impress us and wow us, almost on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Chuck to the podcast. Welcome, Chuck. How are you, my friend? Thanks again. I'm doing pretty good here. Excellent. Excellent. And we, right, so let, let's let's get into the, the meat and gravy of this, Chuck. It's the new year. It's 2024. You're an ultimate raven. That means you're the best best kind of raven that we have 
and you get the opportunity to pick a movie for us to watch and then discuss it with you. And you picked Weekend at Bernie's. So let's just let's just jump straight in with this. Why this film, Chuck? And what does it mean to you? <laughs> Um, well, uh, like I, I think I may have hinted at this at the Discord. This was decided by a coin toss. <laughs> the, <laughs> if it would have been the other movie, wow, that's all I'm going to say is wow. Oh, God, what was on the other side of the coin? <laughs> the other coin, the, okay, I think I wrote this. The other coin was The Exorcist. Oh, I think I'd have been all right with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I just know that you guys were so scared by The Shining. I'm like, oh, man, if they saw that movie. <laughs> Oh god, okay, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, I didn't sleep yeah. for a while after the show. Yeah, <laughs> I think this would it would have messed you up. But as far as Weekend at Bernie's goes, um, yeah, it's just a movie that's always been in. I just always remember it. I can't remember when I saw it. Saw it as a kid, and um, it was kind of hinted at before we started talking. It's a we- it's a weird movie that kind of isn't really for kids, but there's so many stupid slapstick things going on that a kid will understand that. Yet will completely be oblivious to a lot of the more adult things going on. So as you grow up and watch it, as you get older, all that stuff becomes funny. On top of all the goofy slapstick that takes place in this movie, Wait, and it's a, I, it's very honestly a very goofy movie. When, <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. When you say adult things, do you mean things like women having sex with dead bodies? <laughs> Go right, go right into that one. Yes, and a scene that uh, another scene that went right over my head as a kid when they have the meeting with him and he just gets up and leaves and goes into the bathroom. I did not know what he was doing. Now I know. <laughs> it's, it's very obvious as he comes out of the bathroom. He's clearing his eyes. He's clearing his nasal passages. <laughs> the eighties loved cocaine. Yes, they did. <laughs> It's like the mascot of the eighties. <laughs> it's that that borderline eighties like film, wasn't it? This guy can't continue into the nineties, so yeah, it's it's at the very it. tail end. Yeah, it's like eight nineteen eighty nine. It's like we got to get rid of this guy. <laughs> I I, I got to ask Simon, what are you doing? Are you trying to open a bottle of something? Yes. Is it is it champagne? No, it's wine. Uh, I can't oh. I can't do it. I tried to do it with my teeth. I felt like. A movement of my teeth, a... not of the thing. Oh God! Don't do it with your teeth. No, it's not. It's Is it just... a screw top or? No, well, maybe. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's a screw top. Sorry, it's not a. Uh, it's not a cork, but it's okay. It's alright. Have you got? Have you got? Uh, obviously, not the Dan Scott jacket that I can see behind you. But have you got a cloth or anything that you can hold I at think... the top? I've tried. I've tried it with my hoodie. It's fine. It's not. It's not important. It's not important right now. But <laughs> I, I, I enjoy to have you know a slow glass of wine, talk about an eighties movie with my friends. You know, it's a nice thing to do. But I can also do that with water. It's, it's still the same experience. That's <laughs> what, t- what I tell myself. Except, except the experience doesn't get better and better. It's like as it does with wine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But Dom, what's, what's your what's your history? What's your I was going to actually ask you, what's, where's, where, where does your history lie with this film? Well, similar to Sling Blade, my history is zero <laughs> in that I had never seen this movie ever. I know about it or knew about it from 
pop culture references it gets referenced in friends once at some point i'm fairly certain and so i knew that the idea was that that there's someone that's that's passed away and then two people are pretending that they hadn't passed away and you know hijinks ensued but i didn't know anything else other than that i tried to watch it a few years ago and got as far as them being on the roof with like the melted tar that we'll we'll like get to you know when we cut when we go into the movie in more detail and i don't know i think maybe it was late i don't know i just turned it off um and never went back to it so yeah this is my first experience and yeah i have thoughts i have feelings looking forward to discussing them i also knew that this was like a cult classic so i'm glad that i've seen it i'm glad i can like tick it off as like okay I get it now. I'm there. Now, Dom, what's your memories, associations, history? Well, pretty much exactly the same as yours. Is It's referenced in like other TV shows or other films. Um, it's referenced in The Office very briefly as well. Um, and uh, I've, But I've never seen it. I've never watched it. And one thing I'm really enjoying at the moment is like Sling Blade and like a few other films recently is they're films I haven't seen. So I'm getting the opportunity to watch films that are like say cult classics or, you know, revered in a certain way and et cetera, et cetera. And getting the opportunity to kind of enjoy them and, and talk about them for the first time, which is, which is great. So, and this is definitely one of those films. It's, it's new to me, although I, you know, knew it existed. It's, it's I've never had the thought of, I'm going to go and watch this film. You know, this is one that I'm going to pick out and see what it's about. But I'm glad that the powers that be have done that for us, you know, and have, have picked picked the film and we've got the opportunity to watch it. And yeah, um, it's one of those. I can kind of tick it off and go, yeah, I've seen this film. I've talked about it. Listen to our podcast with the wonderful Chuck. There we go. There we have <laughs> it. So... Shall we shall we do this similarly to how we did Sling Blade and kind of just go through it in order? I mean, this one kind of uh, fits that sort of podcast mold quite easily. It's quite firmly in like a, the free act structure. Uh, yeah, more than happy to do that. No problem with that at all. Well, Chuck, can you tell us anything about some of these actors before we get into it? Because every single person in this movie was new to me. Um, and I know that some of these people are like, you know, I, I've since know on IMDb and the internet that they're, you know, revered and famous, not just for this, but for other things. So what what do you make of the, our main cast here? Well, I mean, the as far as those two main guys go, it's Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman. And I was just kind of Googling through just trivia at the moment. Apparently, this was supposed to be written. This was in mind. Get my word. I'm mixing up my words here. This was written in mind for the the Corys. If you remember them, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yes. And I guess they decided at the last minute to age up the characters. So they're a little bit older. Now, Andrew McCarthy was kind of like a teen idol up until that point and did movies like Pretty in Pink, St. Elmo's Fire. Um, actually, I think one of his first movies was a movie called Class with Rob Lowe, where he plays like an 18-year-old who has an affair with Rob Lowe's mom or something like that. So he was around at that point. Um, Jonathan Silverman was in a few other things. I think at that point he was like in a pretty lame sitcom called Give Me a Break. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Little Big League, 
Um, yeah, he plays one of the pitchers in that. Um, I don't really know what else I've ever seen him in, really, though. I know he, but I just know his face basically because I've seen this movie so many times. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, then then you have the Terry Kaiser who plays Bernie. He never really did anything of note. This is like his most famous role, and he doesn't really do anything for 90% <laughs> of the movie. But he was in a couple of episodes of maybe like the Golden Girls that he stayed, especially one where he really stands out because it was probably right after this movie. So he still had the same entire, like the same look. And actually he played, I forget who he played in that. Oh, he played an episode of golden girls. You'll love this Dom. He played, um, a Ringo star impersonator <laughs> who sleeps Excellent. with, who sleeps with uh, Dorothy because she was like a <laughs> Beatles fan. And I guess she decided to be a groupie for a night. <laughs> golden, golden girls getting real there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's really, that's uh, that's really good insight. Uh, Dom, did you recognize any of the cast or know them from anything else? Well, I, I recognized um, Richard, so that's Jonathan Silverman, but I, I couldn't work out why. So I must have seen him in passing in something else, but that was it. And then um, I think Andrew McCarthy was familiar as well, but again, I couldn't quite work out why. I don't know whether, it, it, whether they're... Whether it's like when you're watching something else and they reference Weekend at Bernie's or it's on in what you're watching and they're kind of on screen for like a brief second or something like that where they might have appeared. But that's, uh, yeah, I can't pinpoint where I know them from, but they, they seemed familiar to me. Unless they both just got those kind of faces and voices that, that fit kind of and, actors of that time. At least from a name standpoint too, if you pay attention to credits, I don't know if you guys watched Orange is the New Black, but... Andrew McCarthy, I think, directed a lot of episodes of that because that's what he—he he doesn't really act anymore. He's gone behind the camera, right? And yeah, I, I, yeah, I watched all of that. So yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, cool. And good knowledge, Dom. I don't know if you if you knew this or could tell from doing a little bit of research. Did you know that um, the guy that was playing Bernie, it was actually him, like playing the dead body for pretty much all of it, apart from you know, I guess like the water sports scene when he's like hanging off the back of the boat and stuff (laughs) but but the majority of it and it's quite Um, actually a good performance considering like as in to do all of like the movements you know like moving his arm when it's like being you know mechanically done on the string and all of that stuff like i actually imagine it was probably harder than it looks to play a dead body in a movie like this yeah, uh, I, I I knew he was real, like it was him, and it wasn't like a, a dummy or a mannequin or something like that uh, that they were using instead. But I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. You know, when they tie themselves together mm. and, they, and they, like, run along, and I think, Jesus, that must, like... If you've ever seen a three-legged race at a school sports day, you know, which it, we've probably seen a few of those over the years, you'll probably be involved in one soon, Simon, um, to be fair. Uh, and you sort of think, got two people coordinating just one leg each at the same time is bad enough. But having three people coordinating, like, like two individuals have one leg, but this one person has two legs to to kind of figure out when he's walking and and with who and so on and so on. It just seems like completely bizarre, completely bizarre. But one thing, one thing I did find out about this film is that in the water scene where they're going through the the boys there was a stuntman used 
and the stuntman oh. apparently broke some ribs doing this. Why would you even need a stuntman for that? That's when you use the dummy. Like, yeah. why not? Apparently, like, a, apparently the stuntman hit one of the boys or hit a couple of the boys and broke some ribs whilst doing that scene. That's the only thing I know about this film. That's literally the total of my knowledge. <laughs> that's a fun story, though. To like <laughs> be in like the emergency room. That's like a fun. Yeah, I was just you know was pretending to be a dead body hanging off the back of the speedboat. You know. <laughs> but okay, let's let's start with the dynamic between uh, our two main characters and. Uh, the fact that this is something that we've seen a lot right in in movies and i don't know chuck maybe you'd be better suited to say well i guess this isn't new i mean you can go all the way back i don't know like laurel hart laurel and hardy and all these other kind of to keenan and kel like you have all of these these duos um that get into these kind of messes you know um and so like keenan and Kel is the greatest example that i have because there's a show that i grew up loving uh, and i know that it's something that dom particularly didn't like because of like the chaos and the mess and it was always that keenan was trying to do trying to get something achieve something and then Kel was kind of like the loose cannon that would kind of you know, accidentally put this put the screw in the tuna. You know, for for all of the people that know out there, uh, and so it kind of felt a bit like a king to that kind of dynamic between the characters. But it really stressed me out in this. Where in Keenan and Kel, it never really seemed to stress me out. And I guess maybe because it was more like a kids show, and so. Uh, and maybe I don't know. I don't know. I guess my my opening question is: Did their relationship stress you out? Any of you, Chuck? Did it stress you out? It's it, it it's a very simple um, relationship between them. You've kind of got um, Larry, who's very much very the uh, not the go getter. He just wants to just get by in life. Um, Richard, on the other hand, is more of a uh, He's straight laced, wants to climb that corporate ladder. Larry, on the other hand, and he even says it in the movie, and I love this line. My old man worked hard his whole life. All they did was give him more work. And <laughs> you could kind of see, like, very early on, before even anything bad happens, Larry's a very bad influence. <laughs> but Richard, on the other hand, doesn't put up that big of a fight to stop him. Yeah, I kind of get some Simon and Dom vibes from them too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which which one's which? I I'm just saying I could see. Uh, I mean, I don't want to put these in the scenario where you find a dead body on the couch and don't know what to do. It's happened but, before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I but I'm just saying I could see Simon being like, you know what? Wait, this is a nice house. Let's let's just weigh our options here. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Dom's got the phone in his hand, ready to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, does that seem about right? Would you, would you picture uh, us in those uh, roles? I I think there would be moments where it changes, it flips. <laughs> I think I think we have that kind of relationship. It it, it flips between us. Like one minute uh, you're Larry, and the next I'll be Larry. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Dom, did their relationship stress you out? How did you feel about it? Not so much, to be honest. Like 
it used Keenan and Kel as an example of like pure stupidity. Uh, <laughs> that um, they 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 just wind me up because Kel is is actually made to be really stupid and made to be really thick. Um, but in this film, they're not. Then they're, they're not. They're not dumb. They're they're quite clever, quite intelligent, and the whole you know premise of the film is one works hard at being lazy. Uh, and doing the minimum to to like to get the maximum out of life, and one works hard to to try and work harder, you know, to work his way up the ladder, like Chuck said. So um, it actually, I actually didn't see them as like your kind of your your sort of standard fools or like kind of idiots in in programs, or at least one of them wasn't. Um, so I actually didn't mind the dynamic between them. I actually thought it was okay. Um, there's obviously stupid things that happen and one of them is a little bit more domineering and a bit more willing to, to, to kind of take control so like Larry is obviously the one who's in control he's like no no come on we can you know uh, milk this for as much as we possibly can you know and, and get as much out of this scenario in this situation as possible and Richard although he's is it, uh, Richard's his real name is it? No Richard's his character's name um, as much as he's um kind of uh, as much as he comes across as like let's call him like the slightly more intelligent one the one who has those kind of morals and sensibilities he is also quite easily led by Larry and will just sort of follow as well so that dynamic and that shift does kind of uh, you'd kind of expect it to sit the other way around you'd kind of expect like the the go-getter type to have kind of the status and be the one that's like Stop being an idiot, Larry. This is what we're going to do. You know, kind of like Keenan and Kel, but actually it's the other way around. You know, you've got the one who's like a bit lazy and a bit tomfoolery-ish and a lot of like slapstick stuff like Chuck was saying. Um, you know, a lot of that comes from what Larry's up to. Um, uh, and I actually think that he holds kind of all the all the power in in the scenes. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think it's just some of the bits that like stress me out of things like getting the tar on the papers like at, at the <laughs> beginning like things like that and the shoes sticking and um you know and some of the things that it's all set up to be set pieces you know like when he takes the girl back to his parents house and or flat and just all of these things you're just like no why you know when you just like want to be screaming at the screen like stop it call the police he's dead like you know you actually didn't do anything like there's no you know i know that you know and we'll get we'll get to all of that well um okay well chuck the movie opens and it's hot very hot it's very very hot and they don't even get robbed (laughs) i like that (laughs) that was a good scene yeah just get out of here too hot for this bullshit uh but but yes they end up uh they're trying to go to work one of them wants to go to the beach the other one wants to you know work and so they end up going on top of the roof where even the roof is like melting and they have like a little kiddie pool but he manages to find that there's a discrepancy in the numbers there's two million dollars missing this could be the big break to take it to their boss and you know maybe get a promotion get a raise like get in there with the big kahuna so to speak and so so they do uh and in the meantime we're introduced to to the love interest as well whose name is 
Gwen, right? He's Gwen. I, I had to think hard about Gwen. that earlier. I don't know why. Catherine Mary Stewart, who played Gwen. Uh, and so there's more sort of hijinks ensuing here. Uh, now, Dom, as a first-time viewer, I mean, we obviously know that Bernie's going to die. Um, <laughs> the thing that got me was I was surprised how long it took him to die. Like, it, we were at least, like, half an hour in before Bernie died, and I thought I thought he was going to die in, like, the first 20 minutes at least. Like, it was going to be a lot more of a quicker thing. They were going to discover him dead. I didn't think there was going to be this whole mob story going on. Did that surprise you, Dom, or kind of how you expected it to be? Uh, uh Yeah, I, I kind of had a different premise in my, like, in, in just in general. Like, I thought maybe... Uh, a wealthy person that they know and they're going to the house for this party they turn up first and he's dead but they keep it going because you know they're going to gain something out of it but I hadn't I hadn't quite um I didn't know about the whole fact that basically he's the one that's siphoning money out of the company uh through dodgy insurance claims uh he's involved with the mob gets the mob to like wants the mob to put a hit on the two lads that figure it out um, because, you know, to keep them quiet so that he could keep taking money. Um, and it all backs, backfires and, and, and goes from there. So, yeah, I wasn't really expecting that to happen. But then as soon as he is dead, it's just kind of like, okay, now this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> now, now, the mob thing's one thing, but um, now because they, they, they make it, pretty like quick it's pretty clear that bernie was the one embezzling because it's right like that scene is right after that like a, it's a hard cut um did you guys come did you guys find him suspicious when he was starting to like when he when he because they show him the discrepancy and he tries to prove it wrong and then when they show it to him again he's all of a sudden like on board with it at that point did you guys realize he's on he's not being on the up and up with them yeah as soon as they they were kind of in his office telling him i was like that uh, seems yeah, to be the consensus because um after i picked this movie for some reason my youtube algorithm was just nothing but people watching this movie for the first time that's a new <laughs> i guess that's like a new thing on youtube where people just put their reactions to the first time they're watching movies and everybody who came across that scene were like bernie shady <laughs> they just knew right away. <laughs> Although you didn't, it didn't take it, it doesn't take that long when if you ever go back and rewatch it, you could tell he's shady right away. He doesn't know their names. He's not even like paying attention to anything they're saying. I mean, the girl he, he goes to lunch with is not the mobster's girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, uh, he's a he's a shady motherfucker. Absolutely. <laughs> I I did it did seem in that scene when, like you were saying, he's like, oh, no, the, the numbers are right. No, no, wait. No, they're not. You got that right. It, it just felt like just one too many details. Like, what what is actually going on here? So definitely, like, you know when sometimes something's flat, flags in your mind as there's no reason they would put this in here unless it's going to pay off later, you know? And so it felt it felt a bit like that. But I did I did think it was maybe a little bit over complicated to just get to him being dead like not in that it was hard to follow but i think we all know what kind of movie we're in for here uh i would just say let's just get to him being dead quicker so that we can get <laughs> more time 
of doing the hijinksy stuff of you know mischief with <laughs> mischief with a dead body um <laughs> and it's crazy how there's not there's must be quite a fine line between comedy and horror movie right because it's only perspective or context right or the way that you're framing it um yeah but yeah i i, I guess i i guess you're right about the whole framing it because if we had two young lads walking around with a dead body and it was really sinister mm. and they're like um you know this is this is bernie our friend and it was all like fucking creepy and we're like hey kid you want to bury this in the sand um and then they batter the child you know whatever it it, it would be you know creepy as hell yes yeah, a woman's it's just, it's just funny when they time to him and <laughs> right a woman's inadvertently uh a necrophiliac and you know all kinds <laughs> of craziness going on but at the same time it's like we we've set the tone from early on what kind of film it's going to be uh but yeah i just thought i just thought it was going to be a little bit more straight in to getting to getting to what we were sort of there for i was surprised that when i like looked at how long was left by the time he's dead and they've had the initial party, which we'll get to that in a second, it was like, oh, there's only like 45 minutes left. Um, mm. And obviously you've got to wrap everything up in that time as well. Though the ending does come around quite quickly. But right, so let's, let's move on. So Bernie has invited them to his place out by the beach so that they can, you know, work at the weekend and go through all of these things. But really he wants them there so that he can get them killed but actually he is the one that's gonna that's gonna get killed because of all of this stuff with the mob gets injected with some i believe it was heroin like a massive overdose of heroin yes it's 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 pretty clear it was heroin because of something that happens later in the party right yes <laughs> Right. All right. Yeah. She just she takes it out of his pocket. Right. Takes it, casually takes it out of there. Like, <laughs> great that he had it on him. <laughs> no, well, not really, but you know, it's just. Oh. So so then they discover that that Bernie's dead. Um, this is before. Well, they've got there. They've got on the ferry. They think they they jump onto the ferry thinking that they're about to miss it, and it's the ferry that's pulling in, uh, which was a nice moment. But when they get in there, they're straight at home. Like, wow, look at this place. Larry's opening champagne without even asking. You know, it stressed me out that you just threw, like, the wrapper of, like, the top on the side. I was thinking, it's not even your house. Like, find the trash can, please. Um, And then they, they discover Bernie. And before Richard's about to, to call the police... And Larry's saying, hang on a minute, let's make a weekend out of this. I mean, is that what was going on, Chuck? <laughs> well, they're first, they're, they're, they're shocked by what they find. And Larry, in his just most Larry way, is about to break down in tears and then just goes right back into being Larry because he's like, I just don't understand why he just couldn't wait until Monday to kill himself. Right. <laughs> He promised us to ride home. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, he promised us. <laughs> he was. To ride he home. is so self-centered. There's a dead body next to him, and all he could think about is himself, and that's what makes him so horrible. But I still fucking love him. <laughs> and then you get this like traveling party. The party just comes in, and this is where it really. I 
Like I, this is where I started to enjoy the movie. I think at, in this sort of build up, I was enjoying it, sure, but it was it, I was finding it stressful. And that, we've also had the whole situation before they've got to the beach house of uh, Richard with uh, Gwen to come over, and he's pretending like he lives on his own. Um, and his dad comes in in the middle of the night, and you know all of all of that kind of stressful moments. Um, well, when the party started and people were coming in and people were interacting with Bernie, as it and that and I think that's the whole point. Like you just said, Chuck, that everybody is so self-centered, so self-absorbed that they're not even taking a moment to realize that they're having a conversation with a dead body. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, this is where the movie really started. Did it start there for you also, Dom? Uh, I I I guess so. I kind of like. I think the relationship between the two guys is is quite important in the and the the premise of of them uh, and like you you're kind of trying to figure out why they're friends <laughs> uh, and how long they've been friends. It's obviously a, a long time, and um, you know they joke about Larry's apartment and it's cockroaches wall to wall and it's tiny and it's horrible and it costs a fortune. You could live in a car. Um, probably for cheaper and it's bigger and you know so on um, and you know Richard living with his parents and just kind of their their dynamic in general I think it's good to have that kind of context going into this the, the you know the weekend that they're about to have because I think that that builds it up a little bit um, and makes it important so you understand their dynamic uh, and you understand kind of who's who's in charge or who who um, who kind of persuades you know which one to do what and um who's a little bit more dominant uh and obviously like it's larry like when he pushes richard into the into the lift or elevator um so that he talks to gwen and then he comes back and he's like oh i've got a date you know and it's like if larry didn't do these things kind of wouldn't happen for him um so larry's always got kind of got to be the one that makes that kind of extra effort and that push and he doesn't really care too much about himself but um he's also quite um I don't know, he's just kind of in it for a good time, I guess. Uh, so I think by the time we get to the party, we have a good understanding of what these two are up to and, uh, and what their goals are. Uh, and then, yeah, and then I guess, yeah, the, it kind of kicks off a bit from, from when they discover Bernie and it, yeah, it all gets a little bit wild. And it really is when the party starts is when they when Larry really comes up with the idea, we're just going to pretend he's not dead. At that because even before that, even though... as even though Larry is Larry, they are kind of like shit. We've got to, we've got to probably call the cops about this. And then that one guy walks in, and then everybody's following in afterwards. And since nobody else notices, they just Larry just you could see the screw, you could see the wheels turning in his head. Uh, we're gonna have some fun this weekend. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's completely like even down to like every little detail that he came up with to to continue the story like play monopoly like once the the main part of the party has kind of died down play monopoly on the decking two girls on the beach waving and he's like making him wave with with the string and um saying oh like this, this is how much you owe me let's just call it a straight 600 you know yeah because and, like what how are you going to play monopoly and not cheat you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> against a dead guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> But Chuck, when you're watching it on repeat viewing, 
how do you find the pacing of the movie? I mean, it's just basically your average 90 minute movie. So there's not a lot of, to me, there's not a lot of fat in this movie. It goes, the move, the story goes pretty fast. Um, you have the issue with Gwen and Richard and Richard, which I don't understand why you couldn't just be honest and say my parents live here. I don't think she would have cared that much. I don't mm. know what they're, they don't really establish the age gap there. I mean, she's still in college. You got to think he's probably a couple years out. Say he's 23, 24, 25. It's not that wild for him to still be living at home. And his reasoning for living at home even makes sense because he doesn't want to live like Larry. And I mean, you give a 23 year old the choice small apartment with cockroaches or live at home until you can find something better. I don't know who's going to be taking the cockroaches <laughs> other than Larry, but maybe they they're, maybe they're his pets. I don't know. Maybe they, they do. They do scatter when you turn the lights on. So yes, they do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just keep the lights on at all times. I, th- I think there's a moment where Richard like goes to say, oh, I, you know, I, I live with my parents because they're still in that kind of, don't really know where we're gonna go what we're gonna do um uh, and she's like do you live like nearby and he's like yeah um and it's like oh and then we kind of figure out oh you live nearby or you've got money oh you you know um you could have taken me to a nicer restaurant and so it's like you you didn't like the restaurant you know and kind of plays along with it um but i think because she says you know i just couldn't live with my parents anymore and I got out and I live with five other girls, I think she says, and they're all in doing their hair, so we can't go there. Um, I think I think he does have that sense of, like, she's out and living kind of on her own and doing it for herself, although she's living with these people and Larry's kind of doing the same. I actually thought they were, he would end up at Larry's place and that he would have to kind of negotiate around, like, hiding Larry in different places. <laughs> as they as they went around this tiny apartment you know like oh we're at we're the walk in the front door oh we're at the we're at the sink you know we're at the basin because this is this is how it works so yeah you turn around there's the toilet and then larry's like like a fold-up bed or something like that and he's he's just he's managed to fold it up with him in it and then um you, you know richard manages to get gwen to go into a closet I was like, oh, look in this closet and just shuts the door gets larry out somehow and i think that would have been quite entertaining but no we end up with the dad coming out and don't say anything that's my butler you know and stuff so who was um actually the director of the movie oh really and <laughs> when you cool. when you look this is like so you have like your scorseses and your directors like that who kind of have like a, a certain theme to what they're doing I always like the directors when you go back and look at what they direct. You're like, wait, he directed that. He directed the first. This guy directed the first Rambo movie. Oh, wow. And, th- and then he's doing this. It's like, where do you go? How do you go from that to th- this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it works. Well, so I did a bit of research into this, too. And um, he also he did, yeah, I saw that, too. He did the first Rambo. He did this. And then he also did, um, I guess we'd classify it. Is very softcore porn, <laughs> like directing, not in. I mean, oh, like uh, the stuff that come used to come on on Cinemax at midnight. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> we so, all we were all kids in the nineties. Come on, we all knew we put it on <laughs> at some point. Nothing to hide. A little bit of sex era. We all know what was going on, but the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Dom's laugh could really confirm that he knows what that show was. Well, I know what is. you're talking about. <laughs> Bravo. It was on Bravo. Do you remember the Bravo channel? About 11 I p.m. Do. 11 I do remember the Bravo channel. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you want to know a really embarrassing story? Okay. Um, <laughs> Always. I didn't know I had many of these left, but uh, <laughs> like for the podcast, but here, here we go. We've got one. So when I was... 17 uh i moved to cornwall which in the uk chuck is if in case you don't know maybe you do know but is basically as southwest as you can go like the country sort of goes down and then goes to like a point uh into the west and it's like pretty much as southwest as you can go and i was there for a little under a year uh ended up moving back to a where Dom and I live now, the county we live now. But when I was there, I had to go, my parents were moving there and I had to go about a month, maybe yeah, three, four weeks before they went because the house that, that they were buying hadn't gone through yet. It was still going through, you know, with the solicitors and everything. But I had to go because I was starting uh, at a college there, like starting a, a new term for studying. So my parents uh basically rented me like a room within like a family's house that was like just a normal family like a mum dad and I think maybe they had like a a, a kid like a 10 12 year old something like that and I just had like the room at the front and basically they would kind of look after me there was like a shower and they would feed me and I would go off to college I'd like walk there and then go back in the evenings and it's quite an experience really i'd only just turned 17 as well so and i was quite young-minded um and i was on my own i didn't know anybody no friends no pre-existing anything anyway uh so because i didn't know anyone or anything i made friends at the college but at this point i didn't know anyone they uh there was sky tv so sky is like our cable television in the room that i was staying in and they were like yeah that there's a remote there just watch tv you know whatever and then uh in the morning go off to college why oh, dom's already laughing i know where this is going already i already know go on keep going okay mark it mark your predictions and see how close it gets uh so this is what year would this have been in um like 2004 i guess two thousand yeah about 2004 2003 2004 and so like the internet wasn't what it was and whatever and so late one night i'm flicking through the cable channels and you get to remember i'm like 17 you get to like and on my own uh, you get, <laughs> and lonely you get to like you know play me play me of the apes was on yeah, right you get you get to like going through the channels and you got through like the hundreds of channels and you get to the channels that are like 900 and something and then you start getting into the blue movies you know nothing crazy you know just you know that's the sort of thing that this guy must have been directing um babe station maybe if anyone's familiar you know these which these kind of things and so you know a flicking them on having a look whatever um <laughs> the next day when i'm down at breakfast <laughs> having my toast uh the the mum says to me oh i just want to let you know um that 
if you change the channel in your room, it also changes the channel on all of the other TVs in the house that are all connected to this same cable television. <laughs> so I guess they were trying to watch TV at the same time and were seeing things that they probably wasn't wanting to be seeing at that time. And were thinking, oh my God, we have a 17-year-old. Wait, wait a second. This is messed up. They should have told you that beforehand. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not just saying that it because of what you decided to watch. That should just be common knowledge, you know. I mean, you right. could have been watching like, you could have put on like Pulp Fiction, and you said they had like a ten or twelve year old there. They probably wouldn't want that kid watching that. Yeah. Well, I heard, he must. Want? He must have been asleep by this okay. point. But I'm guessing maybe the, the the mom and dad were probably watching TV, and then suddenly it changed or whatever. So I never made that mistake again. But was oh, that what it. you were? Was that what you was predicting, Dom? Yeah, that was that was exactly it. Because in those days, you had you had one skybox and you had like a little receiver, but every channel, every TV that had that receiver was watching the same thing because it was just a, it was just transmitting from one box. Um, so I knew that was going to be the case. And what what's what's uh, like fair play to the to the lady that said to you, by the way, we could see everything that you could see. Because um, it was just one thing, but what they should have done is at the time just change the channel. Yeah, they should because it would have changed it for you, and you would have gone, "Fuck!" And then that would have been your like, "Okay, I know," and it would have been embarrassing the next day. But then you just like move on, you know, rather than having someone say to you directly. By the way, we watched the, the soccer porn you watched. They enjoyed you know, it more station. than you. They enjoyed it more than you did. Maybe you <laughs> saved their marriage. <laughs> I, i'm sure probably you know probably wasn't on that channel for more than a minute or two you know so <laughs> but, that's all it took pump and dump yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like unlike bernie oh, who could last for 30 minutes right <laughs> yeah her favorite time ever but yeah there we go how 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 embarrassing but it's funny though isn't it because i can't even picture any of like that woman's face at all like as in it's funny how our memories just if you don't think about it i don't know maybe that's just me i know dom you have a really good memory but people's faces just blur to me and i can just more i can remember how i felt at the time rather than some of the specifics do you know what i mean so like, if she walked in would you know who she was no nope. right now she's like appeared no nope. you'd be like who the hell are you yeah i would have no idea Oh, interesting. That's happened to me as well, like at work and stuff. Like, uh, or I've walked past someone in the street and they've been like, oh, hey, Simon. And I'm like, oh, hi. And I just don't, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that was me again. Yeah. Ebony <laughs> says this, just like I just have, she says I have so much stuff like going on in my head that I'm just not cognizant of what's going on around me. It's like I don't have capacity for it, which I think... It's probably frustrating when she asked me to get four things from the shop and I come back with like one of them and 10 other different things. <laughs> 17 of the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, so you saying you could remember if you had stayed with uh, a woman's house, you'd remember from that long ago, so. you'd still remember her face. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, would, I, I think so. Would you Chuck? Um, Going back to that age. I could tell you right now, from ages maybe like nineteen to twenty-four, um, if I didn't know someone before that, I wouldn't remember their face. 
<laughs> and more more specifically, I wouldn't even remember their name. Okay. I don't know why. Those, five, those years are just blacked out in my mind for some reason. It's just a total blur. <laughs> yeah, they are. There you go. Yeah. There you are. So, okay. So we we have... Well, I mean, playing around with a dead body for a bit. I mean, so the woman comes in, uh, the love interest, and she she makes love with Bernie for 30 minutes straight. Um there, if you think too deep about this, uh, I mean, not just that part, but I mean, I think we have to not think about the science of what happens to you when you when you pass away, right? Because, <laughs> like, I guess like rigor mortis will happen at some point, so he wouldn't be as flexible, right? When they're doing some of the things, but also when he goes in the ocean, I mean, that body would be waterlogged. Um, rotting i think a lot of people like shit themselves when they die don't they like everything lets go <laughs> i don't so we're just gonna have to forgive and pretend that none of that's happening otherwise she slept with like a a rotting you know body that's also in it in his own shit or she yeah or she's in the scat play which is uh, no, no, that's not cool that's not gonna be on that's not gonna be on sky tv at midnight <laughs> Thank God. I don't even know what that is, but I don't want to know. You don't want to know. Either. I don't Let's even want to know. know. I just know it's a thing, <laughs> and it's just uh, uh. the <laughs> the thing with like these kind oh, of dude. like really super soft core like porn where you literally will you know you're not you're, you're seeing nothing you know uh, but what <laughs> the they they really tried for like storyline and acting and it would be like shot kind of like slow motion and love making and stuff there's got to be something said about how actually that is a better time than uh, actually just on the news tonight there's this whole thing about like the amount of like hardcore pornography that like it's like becoming a problem in schools and things where kids are like able to get onto porn websites and sort of they're like bullying each other with different things like all this horrible shit that just means like phones and the internet have kind of just ruined society right um yes okay it's done some good things uber is is convenient you know and ordering food (laughs) from mcdonald's and stuff is is a perk but like this um like that is like a good old days of where it wasn't so i'm not saying like porn is sinister or anything like that but at least it was like uh i don't know how i'm not really explaining it very well like it was i I doubt it was as much of a problem for people do you know what i mean like as in there's this disassociation where people will watch porn and it's like well that's not real life that's not really how people look that's not really it's kind of taking the emotion out of it. You guys are just looking at me very blank. I mean, now, now, now that we're a porn cast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking what I mean, happened to this episode. <laughs> I, I guess I, 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 I'll bring my expertise into this. I mean, with the stuff that you with the stuff that would be on, like the stuff that you're talking about with the plot lines and the slow motion and the the bad acting. We got to say it's bad acting, but it's fun, bad acting. There, I, I just got to put it in there. Like Dom is just like, oh my god, what's going on? Um, <laughs> there is, I mean, there's no penetration. They're not doing anything. So you got, and that's a good thing because 
everybody's staying clean. I mean, you, 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 the, the amount of deaths in the porn industry is just staggering from, oh my God, why are we talking about this? This isn't, it is, I suddenly is like, real I laughing at this anymore. Yeah, we shouldn't be laughing at this, but like, I mean, that's this what I think. Is, the the uh, stuff this, that you were this, watching on Cinemax, those people were not in danger. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Simon's <laughs> bottle of wine was open, <laughs> I, I, and we're we're a glass in, you know, <laughs> and we're talking about pornography for because, some reason. It's because Bernie's a <laughs> Bernie's a love machine, you know. It just brings out the animal in us. <laughs> yeah, let me. I think. I think. We're gonna have to timestamp this one, I guess. Right. I mean, I never <laughs> thought, I never thought the word penetrate would come on this podcast. But and I was the one that said it. Of course. Fifty minutes. <laughs> we'll just have to remember this conversation between us as as a fun time that we didn't think was gonna happen in a weekend right. at Bernie's. But Chuck, you're the only guest we have that's heavily edited. Just oh god. Well. <laughs> In real time, in real time, because I I don't know what you've been editing from the older episodes, but <laughs> oh, I I stopped. I only edited from the first. I edit. What did I edit? I edit something out of the second episode. I went on like a twenty minute like rant. I edit that out, and then there was something in one other episode. I can't remember. I just added a. I added a disclaimer at the beginning of 316 to just say that like hey we make a lot of jokes in this i saw someone wrote something on one of the one tree hill facebook groups they must have deleted the post unfortunately because i would have gotten a screenshot where they went they went they were like oh i mean it's 316 the school shooting episode but they didn't they mistyped the word shooting and put shitting and i'm thinking <laughs> what a what a completely different trajectory does that show take if jimmy just doesn't do that and instead does what that person thought he did. Just goes <laughs> just, in and takes his shit on the desk he's got, and he's got like, the cigarette in his mouth. Here goes nothing. Puts it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but somehow everything else still stays the same, maybe. <laughs> I think cigarettes are like a diuretic as well, aren't they? Like, as in a cigarette and a, and a diet coke will make you shit. Isn't that like the thing? Um, I can confirm that from my co workers who spend. <laughs> They're all day in the bathroom, so yeah. I hope some of this can stay in. All right. <laughs> well, to get, to get back on the topic, because we kind of skipped over them. Um, yeah. As someone who's rewatched this movie over and over, in present time, my favorite character is Paulie, the hitman. Okay. And here's why I love him. He's he's very subdued in the in the uh, dine in the uh, the dinner scene, even though they make it pretty clear he's the guy that's going to take care of it. He's great at his job. He gets into that house. Nobody knows he's there. He takes care of the matter in seconds, has a very subtle disguise to get off the island. And my, one of my favorite parts in the movie is when they go to ask someone for directions to the to the house. And when he when they say the exact thing that he's told and he looks at them for two seconds and says, bless you, my son, as he's playing the character of the priest, he's really saying, like, you guys just got off the hook. And my favorite thing about him is he's so good at his job, but since everybody else is stupid, he has to keep going back. <laughs> and that ends up being my favorite part of the movie, how he has to keep going back to this island to kill Bernie, who's been dead for a day, but he has to keep doing it. <laughs> that is funny. I liked it when he like 
is strangling him again. Uh, when he's he's strangling him, but he's losing for about a minute for some reason. He's actually <laughs> losing the fight. And then that kid, it's... the kid that's just like, fuck you, and he's like, uh, well, he doesn't actually say that, but you know, and he's uh, burying him in the sand. And then Leia has, like, the gun. Has a gun in the house. Yeah, like, where did he find that? Like, where did that gun come from? And he, he had it with him when he ran out, too. Like, what the f- like, what is going on? There's some craziness. But yes, yeah, he, he he was a good part of the movie. Um, But yeah, Bernie kind of ends up everywhere. He's on, the, <laughs> he's on the beach. There's a good bit when Richard and Gwen are on the beach and they're having a nice moment and then Bernie just like washes up behind her. <laughs> Um, I got to get a good picture of that for basically any Brooke and Julian scene that we've seen in the oh, seven so far. Just He's just going to be laying there. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, um, so the opening of this movie, all that stuff is in New York. That be- The beach scenes aren't actually where they say they are. Um, this is actually in North Carolina. No way. Uh, yes. Now, here's the bad news. The house isn't there. The house was torn down <laughs> after the movie, so you can't find the house. Because that would be a, it's a shame. Cause that would have been a perfect Airbnb. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Spend the weekend at weekend at Bernie's. Like that'd be fun. you know they could just have a they could just put the body like a like a like a dead body on the couch. They're waiting for you when you come in. Yeah. It's like do whatever you want to this. Just make sure you leave it back there when you leave. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, that is such a missed opportunity. I if someone had like millions upon millions, they could and they could buy like that site, they could like rebuild it to be exactly the same. But it, it wouldn't be the same. It's like you want it to be the the same one, don't you? So but that's cool. Cuz that house it, that house was fucking beautiful. Like as soon as you see it, it's like I want to be there. Dead body or no it, bot, dead body. I want to I want to stay there for the weekend. You'd have to call it Airbnb Bernie's and you'd have to have some sort of mannequin yeah. around the place. Just like dead thing. <laughs> like a dummy. Crash test dummy. That was a movie I forgot to mention earlier, Andrew McCarthy. If you ever if you ever heard of the movie Mannequin, where there's a, a he yeah. yeah, he he a mannequin comes to life and he falls in love with it. So that's he's got, I've he's seen got... that I've seen that movie. That's so funny. I didn't put that together that that's him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of the, he has the unfortunate of being in these movies where he's even though he's the star and he's very likable, he's always got to play second fiddle to something that's ridiculous. So in this case, it's Bernie, and that one it's Mannequin, and Pretty in Pink. He has to play second fiddle to Molly Ringwald, who annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> Apparently, annoyed the hell out of him too. <laughs> so. Well, I I found him to be very. Like I kept thinking, oh, obviously only because I'm not really that familiar with him. Um, but I thought, oh, Matthew Perry would would have been great in this role. Like he kind of, I could imagine some Matthew Perry, um, characteristics. Not to say that he didn't do a great job because he really did. Uh, but I was just thinking, oh, it's kind of similar-ish to a Matthew Matthew Perry kind of thing. Did you guys see that? Am, am I just being crazy? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely that I mean, that element of he's got that slapstick and that silliness about him, but also like the that kind of fun nature about him. So I mean, I th- you, I think you can't even go one further and say David Schwimmer would have been perfect as the other guy. Oh, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, rest in peace to Matthew Perry. It's so sad. 
so sad i really recommend people listening to his audiobook um if you haven't already i mean i listened to it um like you know before he passed away i imagine it's even sadder now but um it's really like powerful stuff but okay so we get towards sort of the the final act here um we have the speedboat the speedboat really stressed me out just the at the beginning like where he can't drive it and he's like smashing it into things it's constantly in like full <laughs> throttle um and then yeah bernie just getting battered into all the the boys we call them boys here like the floating markers um yeah and then there's like they think they've got hit men in the house as well but they're actually just like the people like the handymen or the people that are doing you know the work around the house um yeah and then how how do we close it out chuck how does the how do we round off with the police and everything well what the the thing is that um so the whole time they there is a point in the movie where they're just like my god he died they think he was it was an overdose and it was an overdose but not by his hands they do find out that um since bernie was late to answering the paulie's phone call he picks up the phone to answer it but the answer machine still catches the message and bernie gives it right up there on the phone and paulie's like dude what are you doing he gives it up on the phone. He's like don't kill him while i'm around they hear the message and then of course how convenient the money's right there the note the notes there larry's very upset that he's getting a sex change operation according to bernie <laughs> he, he doesn't understand that it's not really happening for a, it takes him a minute to realize this isn't really happening um so now all of a sudden they got to make sure the they got to keep that they got to keep him around that's why you have the scene of them tied up to him and carrying him around because they just feel like if we're not near him we're gonna die so that's the instance where they try to, to go back home on his boat boat runs out of gas they paddle on him through the ocean it's amazing that they were able to get back to the exact beach that they needed to i didn't i didn't think that'd be really as easy as i thought you think they would just end up somewhere random um so they get back to the house gwen throughout the entire movie is trying to say thanks to bernie for the internship richard won't let her near him because she's the only person in this movie with half a brain and probably realize something's wrong and even though richard is like hey, look he's dead she doesn't believe him because he's lied about everything else in his life so far and then of course you have to you need the scene of larry dragging him down the steps <laughs> to show her and as that happens, Paulie comes back for like maybe what the third time and shoots him twenty times or so, <laughs> and you get the big chase throughout the house. Larry is ends up Larry ends up having to be the hero, which is great because earlier in the movie it shows that Larry's kind of a coward. He hides from the fake hitmen, but you know he takes action against this guy. He doesn't have a choice. Finds a great opportunity when the gun's empty, and just ties him up with a bunch of. Uh, the phone cords and the lamp and just ties him up to where he can't move and takes him out saves the day <laughs> and you think that you know there we have it sort of off spot free and bernie can be laid to rest but no bernie's body makes a getaway and dom i'm chuck i'm sure you know this and maybe you've seen it hopefully you can comment 
But Dom, did you know that there is a weekend at Bernie's too with the same cast? Uh, w- including the body? Yep. Well, how? What? How? <laughs> How is that possible? See, so, so here, here's how I know you guys never seen Seinfeld because there's an episode where one of the characters <laughs> runs that movie and she's just like thinks it's so stupid. I can, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. And the thing is, if I haven't seen something since I was a kid and I've never revisited it, the only thing I can come, the one conclusion I can come to is that I didn't like it that much. <laughs> and the weird thing is, you talk about the pop culture effects of the movie. All of it actually is from the second movie. Because in the second movie, I'm just going to spoil it. He basically becomes like some sort of voodoo zombie kind of thing where he can he can now move. And I guess it makes it easier for him since now he's allowed to move to music so he can just get, he gets up and starts walking. So that's where, you know, of that part of it, that's called the Bernie walk where he kind of just shimmies his shoulders and just like leans backwards. And is just like, that's how he just walks. So, and it's honestly, I just don't remember it being that funny. I thought a lot of the comedy in this movie was rooted in him not being able to move and everybody else being stupid around him. The idea of making a move didn't seem funny. And now I'm going to put on my Dom hat. It's two years later. How is he not decomposed? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was literally just about to ask, like, what's, what's the gap between... The first film and the second film. I, I, I was... mean, it, it, filming-wise, it's a couple years. I don't know how much later it is in in real time. But it, it, the pro- I think the other problem I have with the movie is it delves deeper into like the more complicated part of this movie. Whereas we have to get to we have to get to this guy being dead at his beach house. How do we get there? We have to come up with this plot of him being in an embezzling from his own company. Okay, that's great for that. The second movie is just is uh, you know it, it delves deeper into that and like who cares like we don't no, nobody's watching this movie to to we're not watching Weekend at Bernie's to learn about why this guy's embezzling money we're w- watching this movie to watch him be dead and laugh at stupid shit happening to him and other stupid shit that's happening to the people around him you know we don't need to delve deeper into the serious aspects of this you know it's a dumb comedy leave, leave it at that. And honestly, I think most comedy sequels suck anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's hard, I mean, without seeing it, so, you know, I can't comment. But it is really hard to think of a good comedy sequel. I know people are going to put them in the comments, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, of course, I love that movie. But, uh, yeah, because they always have to go bigger, like, grander. The characters have to become even further, like, caricatures of how they were in the original so it is hard to to take those steps. Um, Ace Ventura Two is nowhere near as good as Ace Ventura One. Dom just put that in the chat. I'm actually I would say I'm I would say um, you. I would say naked. I, I, naked. I don't even like the first one. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I would say Naked Gun Two is better than the first Naked Gun. But that's not really saying. But the problem with that is it's not really that different of a movie. It's the same thing, so it's not. It's hard to say it's really better. <laughs> yeah, but there's no improvement upon. Yeah, you didn't really have to improve, done. You didn't have to improve on it. You just kind of just do the same stuff but differently. 
Just get rid of OJ. <laughs> no, no, they keep him. They, he's there. He's in every fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. You just can't get rid of OJ. Well, he's not OJ in that. He's he's Nordberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a hey. You can get joy out of watching those movies now because his character just gets beat up the whole time. You know. <laughs> you know. That's you're just thinking of as therapeutic. Makes it worth it. <laughs> yeah, it makes it. Yeah. Retrospectively, Carmelaic. Well, okay, so. That is Weekend at Bernie's. I mean, I I feel good for for seeing it. I feel like I can I can get the references. So let's talk about let's talk about some judgments. But before we get there, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and how could you not? Check us out, RavensHoops.net. Why Dom? Because basketballs go through hoops. But yet, Chuck, they also go through nets. Ravenshoops.net. We'll 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 do a different type of of judgment here. We'll we won't hit all of the same points. But Chuck, who's your favorite character in this movie? Oh, you kind of said is the hitman, is it? Yeah, Paulie was my favorite character. As I go back and watch it, because he's just everything involving him is just hilarious. His frantic walking back to the beach house the second time he has to go there. He's so smug when he's sitting on the ferry, and then he, as he sees them as they're walking towards the boat, he's just so dumbfounded at this guy that he just strangled after giving a lethal dose of heroin is still alive. He <laughs> shot the, I, and I left out one of my, my favorite part. After he shot him like six times, and he's chasing him around the house, Bernie kicks him in the nuts, <laughs> and then he shoots him again because for some reason he still thinks. The end of the movie, he still thinks Bernie's alive. He's getting taken away in a straitjacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, I guess, a good thing. Is at least now he's not going to prison. He's just going, you know, he's avoiding prison, you know, because he just doesn't understand that. Uh, yeah, that, he's got the perfect um insanity case working for him. But yeah, that character is just so great because he's very good at his job, but at the same time, he's not. <laughs> Absolutely, and Dom. Uh, I think probably Richard, I think because he's, he, you know, he, he tries to be the brains of the outfit, but actually Larry is definitely the brains of the outfit um, and kind of strings him along the entire way and, and convinces him to do things. But he's also, he he had that good balance of being uh, kind of like the straight guy, not the funny guy, and then being the funny guy. Um, and uh, when they go up in the lighthouse and he sort of, is blinded by the light bulb and he goes flying down the stairs I thought it was actually quite funny um, very po- problematic and he probably would have died but I found it entertaining anyway um, so I, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Richard I think Richard was a, was a good character what about yours Simon? I, I'll probably go the other way and say Larry, I think I would have if I had watched this as a kid, and I think that's really important to say, that I think timing of when you watch a movie is really important on how you perceive it and how it stays with you. And I imagine if I'd seen this when I was like, I don't know, nine or ten or something, I would have thought that this was the best thing ever, like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And I still did uh, enjoy it, but I think watching it for the first time, you know, at, at this age, it's a different experience um but yeah i think i would i think i'd go with with larry um what about performances chuck who would you say your favorite performer was of the movie it's 
kind of hard not to go um, against Terry Kaiser playing Bernie. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would always suggest not trying to watch this in the highest um, definition because you might find yourself trying to see if he's breathing or not. And I've <laughs> called a couple times when they're really closing on his face. You can see he's breathing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's got to be that can't be easy to do. That could not be easy to do. And you got to think like of sacrifices you probably had to make doing that. It's like, okay, you're going to do this movie. And it was, it was a modest hit. I think it probably did better in like rentals and home videos, but it's like, you're an actor. You trained to do this your whole life. You're now playing a dead body. (laughs) That's your legacy. (laughs) But what a legacy. I mean, that's what definitely what, He'll be remembered for, I guess. And they've done, hmm. I know they've been, they've hit the convention circuit the last few years. They've got people dressed up as them, the three characters. I've seen him autograph, um, one of the things he's autographed is um, the uh, the print sheets with the ink on, with the, uh, not the ink, the uh, the tar on it. And he, he happily autographs that. So, yeah, he takes it in stride. He, he they, they, All three of the main characters look back at this movie and are very happy with what they've done. And that's always good. Nice. Yeah, that is always good. What about you, Dom? Uh, I'm going to have to pick the same as Chuck, I think. It would be sort of remiss to to not mention mention him or at least give him the credit for being a dead body for the entire film. And I was one of those people that was trying to see if he, when he was breathing. Uh, and I, I, I didn't really notice. I, so. I knew. I had a feeling yeah. he would. I had a feeling he would. Yeah. What I really like, this. there's one great moment where Richard turns his head and they turn their heads at the same oh, yeah. time. And it's a fantastic, like, um, they might be in the boat or they might be doing something different, but it's a fantastic moment. And just some of the, the, the physicality in it is really, really good. And there's just bits like that that really stand out. So, yeah, I give it to him too. And you, say? Yeah, I think so. I think it has to be him. Uh, he kind of stole the show by being dead, which is, like we've all <laughs> been saying, is a testament. And, uh, yeah, what a one odd thing to roll and thing to be remembered for but yeah very very awesome well we do a uh two ratings on on our movies we do subjective and objective i guess for dom and i it will have to just be objective because this is our our first time viewing it but chuck what would you give a weekend at bernie's out of 10 subjectively what it means to you personally and objectively with your film critic hat on I mean, subjectively, like I said, it's always been in my life. My my parents used to watch it with me all the time. We all loved it. And for for that reason, it's always going to be a 10. Um, Objectively, it is well made. It's funny. And as funny as it is, it is only a one joke movie, basically. So objectively, it's probably more like an eight. But it's done really well. So that's why I would give it that highest score. And the fact that it still resonates so many years later with so many people is a testament to that. Awesome. Thank you, Chuck. And Dom, what would your objective score be from this from this viewing? Uh, uh, I think there's, there's some good slapstick moments. There's some good lines in it. Um, like, like I was saying a minute ago, the, the physicality um, of Bernie and, and the actors is, is really good. Uh, it's probably not a film I would choose or naturally like sway towards, um, but I'm pleased I've watched it because I, I, you know, I understand. I know it does have such a huge following, and it's it's kind of um, kind of 
it it's kind of like pop culture to reference it, I guess, in TV shows and things, uh, or it certainly was like uh, like nineties and two thousands. So uh, I think I'll probably give it a five. I think it just goes straight down the middle, and a nice neutral five is where I'm going to go with it. What about you, Simon? I think this is a film that I would have chosen uh, because this is very much my kind of thing like late 80s early 90s it's the kind of era of movies that I really enjoy the most but with that being said I think I watched it at the wrong time like I think if I had seen this is the same with the Goonies I didn't watch the Goonies when I was a kid I sort of knew what it was but never saw it and then watched it for the first time with F when I was maybe 23 24 and it just didn't hit I just like I I can see why people like it but I just didn't get it in that time and there's probably loads of films that I would feel in a similar way about if I'd never watched the Mighty Ducks when I was a kid and if I watched it for the first time now it probably wouldn't hit the same Free Ninjas Little Giants there's like so many like that go on chat I mean, yeah, if you showed an adult the Mighty Ducks now, they would be, like, pulling their hair out at the, <laughs> just the, the, the logic of a lot of the things in those movies. And I can do that as an adult, but still enjoy those. But I can still enjoy those movies for what they are. Because I did Def- watch them as a kid. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because when you watch them, when you see when you've seeing them as an adult and you've seen it as a kid, it has that nostalgia to it. You remember how it felt to be that age watching it um and whatever was going on in in that time like you said chuck you were watching it with your parents and i love that feeling when you can remember a film that you you know watch as a family or films that you watch with a close friend like there's so many films that i can remember watching with dom um and so they're more it's more than a film you know uh but for me i would say yeah they're uh i think i think i would also be at a five i think that's probably like uh probably fair um but i do definitely see why it has this uh staying power and uh a firm place in pop culture and a cult classic and uh i'm really great i'm really grateful to have watched it so it was a really great choice chuck um and i look forward to your to your next one uh have you told Dom what the next one is? Oh, you put it in the Discord. I put, I, I did put, yeah, I, t- I put that joke trailer in the Discord where it made it look like it was going to be The Exorcist, but it's not The Exorcist. It's um, it's um, I think uh, Shell has talked about how much he loves this movie, so that's why I kind of snuck in there at the very end. I was like, yeah, we're going to do um, Rockstar, starring Mark Mark Wahlberg. And I can tell by Dom's face, and I know, obviously, for myself, another film that neither Dom or I have seen. I feel like, I mean, this is just me personally, when I came to choosing the movies, which was way easier than, which was way harder, I should say, than trying to choose a show before. Because I think with movies, things are a lot more open-ended. And obviously, with the show, the show rule had to be something that Dom didn't watch. I didn't really (laughs) even, like, take into consideration whether you watched them or not, but I figured it would be easier... It'd be make for better content if you just didn't watch the movies, because like how mm. like wouldn't it just seem like a waste? I was like, yeah, let's watch the Mighty Ducks <laughs> because like you know you've <laughs> talked about it so much already, and there's not really much more you can do with that. And you've inter and you've interviewed um, cast members of the sh- of the movie, so that's great. But yeah, let's not watch it again. <laughs> I no, I totally agree. I think like Dom said earlier, I love 
like watching this, watching Sling Blade, like things that I've never even heard of because we're being exposed to, you know, new movies and new experiences. So yeah, I think I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll, I'll contact you, Chuck. We'll work out dates uh, and let's get it going. Let's do this. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You know, we love spending time with you. When are we going to see you back for the watch along? Uh, 5.30, uh, my time. Yeah, I'll be here for that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Weekend at Bernie's. Dare we look at Weekend at Bernie's too? I might throw it on. I'll see if it's around on streaming. I'll let you know, Chuck. <laughs> at your own risk. I, I, I haven't even gone back and revisited it. Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. And Dom, well, Chuck, how, how are we getting? What's Dom doing to get us out of here? Um, I don't even, I didn't even think we were going to do that. I forgot. Uh, nobody in this movie has a very distinguishable voice. Except Bernie. We, we should just do one, two, three and not say anything like Bernie. <laughs> Dom is, Dom is dead. Dom's this is dead, what's uh. happening. Oh, so man, we need no. to somehow prop him up with string somehow. Wait, I, I, I think I hear a mobster's girlfriend in the background. Why is she screaming? <laughs> <laughs> What's she watching on Sky TV? Careful, they can see. They can see. I think you need best to, thirty minutes. You need to leave life. that. On, you need to leave that unedited for the, the for, for the Patreon audience, and then make the edited version for the videos. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay, I will do that. There we go. And with the Patreon, it's like it's family, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's family, and then also John Nordstrom, composer of One Tree Hills in there. But that's fine. He can know that, too, yeah. his, his family. <laughs> but, Chuck, we love you. Dom, give us, do something. Earn your, uh, earn your keep. Come on. We're going to go Ravens on three. <laughs> right, making it up. <laughs> One, two, and a big old three. Ravens. 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 Uh, Ha, ha, ha.